Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry. The more I hear it, the more I'm amazed that the Speaker of the House, so this is not just a random House member. This is not AOC or somebody saying that. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, the Speaker of the House said, I know you may be tempted to speak out, as a U.S. citizen against the horrors of genocide, but don't do that. You might make them angry. When is that the country we became? And she's getting killed left, right, and center for saying that yesterday. And I think the White House is going to have to clean that up at some point today, but she has said, look, I stood with the Dalai Lama, this was recently, I stood with the Dalai Lama standing right next to me. If we ignore human rights abuses in China because of commercial interests, then we lose all moral authority to talk about human rights any place in the world. Okay, well, that's not what you just told our athletes, more or less, yesterday. Yeah, you know, I have no problem with our Olympic Committee telling the youngsters, hey, look, they got really different laws there, really, really different laws. And you could be in way more trouble than you'd imagine. Remember that uh, young man who decided to grab a poster in North Korea? I just don't understand why the no. Speaker of the House comes out and makes that speech. No, we have to make it clear. If the if she's going to say anything or Biden's going to say anything, you need to, make, need to make the statement. Don't mess with our athletes. They are U.S. citizens. This is a global event. People come from all around the world. Our citizens are going to say whatever they want to say. And you keep your hands off. I think we need to put it right to the Chinese. The idea, don't say anything to make them mad. They're very evil. Is it, I'm embarrassed as an American that our government said that. And like I've said, it's uh, people are coming out of the woodwork from all directions hating this. But even like Al Sharpton and Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC were saying, sorry, this is where I break with the Speaker of the House. We have a history of standing up to oppression in this country. We do not tell U.S. citizens to keep their mouths shut in the face of horror. God, that's amazing. Anywho, uh, how the NBC is going to handle the Olympics is something we've talked about a lot over the last many months. I haven't. I've been wondering myself. Um, So I've been checking in with it because the opening ceremonies are going on right now. And I heard the word Uyghur said by the uh, head announce there there on the Olympics. So let's join in and listen to this. They got, they've got the torch thing going. So they got Chinese athletes who are apparently famous there in China going around the circle and handing off the torch. You know how they, they, this whole thing goes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's check in on this. And there is that handoff now. Zhao Jiawen, born in 2001, the first ever Chinese athlete to qualify for Nordic Combined in the Olympic Winter Games. And Jinnagir Ilamajang, and that is the one of great significance here. Cross-country skier born in 2001, competing in these games. And according to state media, Jinnagir is a member of the Uyghur minority. Of course, those are the people from the region in northwest China that has attracted so much attention in the conversation of human rights 
And that ethnic minority comments from the United States government, among others, of genocide being committed against all the Uyghurs. So a very significant moment. So that was that was something. It seemed like he was just going way out of his way to be milk toast, not say anything strong, and then he drops a G bomb on us. Yeah, I was just about to light up Mike. Trico? Is that how you say his Tarico. name? Tarico. Tarico. I was mm-hmm. about to light him up saying, okay, you've certainly gone out of your way to that area of the country that has drawn some controversy. Yeah. Yeah, it has. But then he went Statements ahead. Statements by the U.S. government. He was like tying himself in rhetorical knots. You know, we've talked about this. You know they've had meetings about this, right? They've had to have. Of course. Who have had lengthy meetings with lots of people. Discussing how are we going to handle this? What are we going to say? What if this happens? What if that happens? And he went ahead and dropped the G bomb, went genocide in the opening ceremonies. Wow, good for NBC. I tip my cap to NBC. The opposite of the way Nancy Pelosi is handling it. She didn't want to say genocide. She told the athletes, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. Well, I'm happy to see NBC is uh, actually... So what do you think about the move by by Xi? And I'm sure it goes clear up to him to make this decision to have a Uyghur athlete holding the torch right before they uh, light the big Olympic flame. Uh, It seems obvious, straight out of uh, Propaganda 101. His claim all along, their claim all along, is the Uyghurs aren't being oppressed. They're happy. We're, We're sending them to job training camps. Everything's great. So they find some poor Uyghur athlete and say, look, we won't beat your family to death um, and we'll we'll let you eat semi-regularly. If A, you ski and B, you, you show up to, and smile and say all's good here in commie land. Hey, hey China, put a, put a microphone in front of the, that Uyghur athlete's face. Get her out of the country and put a microphone in front of her face. I like to see. I'd like to hear her talk about how, how this all went down in terms of her getting to light the torch. Uh, Mediaite just tweeted out, watch. Mike, Mike Tirico kicks off NBC's coverage of the Olympics by citing China's genocide against the Uyghurs. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big thing. Well, I was very concerned that NBC was going to try to make it all about the sports. And they, and they would have some cover for doing that. You, you could make the argument. Look, we're here to cover the sports. It's about the athletes. Look at the smiling girl from a small town in Oklahoma who rides the bobsled. I don't. I don't sure. want to just distract from all the effort she's put. In. I, I, I can see that, but they they're going genocide and one child policy in the opening ceremonies. So fantastic! I'll, I'll bet the IOC begged NBC to soft pedal this stuff, but uh, to their credit, they haven't. Hmm. Is this this is this a more significant moment than just I think so. some execs at NBC thinking we got to be honest I think or at least it, semi-honest? I I I I really do. I I think this could be a major moment. I think Nancy set it up by going way too far the other direction. Um, I think the president's going to have to say something to clean up what Nancy said. I, I, I don't know how I'll see how he gets avoids it. He's the number one person in his party. She's the number two person in in his party. And she just warned U.S. athletes to keep their mouths shut. But NBC mentioning this sort of stuff, is China going to put up with it? Are they going to pull the plug? Uh, Something went wrong. Sorry, I can't hear you. (laughs) That'd be an interesting decision in the Politburo because they're so anxious to show that they put the Olympics together in fine fashion uh, in spite of you know various challenges, including COVID. They pull it off like crazy, and look at us. Look how great our system is. But, you know, be careful. 
Be careful what you wish for. They wished for the eyes and ears of the world, yep. and they might get them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's Mitt Romney out with a statement talking about Nancy Pelosi. Shame falls on a party that would censure persons of conscience and speak the truth. Yeah, well, I agree. Huh. Uh, your comments, text line 415-295-KFTC. All those Olympic athletes are in sport. I looked at them and said they've got to be in sport. Turns out they were in sport. Oh, one more thing on this before we move on. China's got, you know, speaking of having conversations behind the scenes, several athletes have already said they're going to speak out when they get the chance in China. That's why Nancy, sorry, that's why uh, Nancy Pelosi said that yesterday. When these athletes do start talking, wh- what is China going to do? They've made their warnings, but are they going to follow through? They follow through. Oh, my God. You talk major, open up a major crisis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go go ahead and arrest one of our athletes and see how, how that plays on the world stage. You know, I just became aware of a book from a guy. He might have been in the movie business. I just scanned it super quickly as we were coming back uh, on air. It's called Feeding the Dragon, something about untangling our trillions of dollars addiction to China. Isn't that what you say when you run off to the restroom? i got to feed the dragon. I'll be right back. No, I, I don't recall saying that. But um, And will this be a moment where we begin that incredibly difficult, painful, expensive kicking the, the China habit? Yeah, it might be. I wonder. This might be the time. Well, speaking of China, that brings to the disease they unleashed on the world, and that's COVID. I have some some masks on children updates. Also, there has officially been now more coverage of the lack of coverage of the Johns Hopkins study than there's been actual coverage of it. The mainstream media continues to ignore the blockbuster Johns Hopkins studies that say the shutdowns were no good. They did no good, and they did a lot of harm. Unbelievable. I want to hear that all, and we're keeping our eye on the Olympics opening ceremony, all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Full mass compliance later down their their growth as, as students, right? So when they're at, it's like if you're a two-year-old, you're trying to help them practice for age three and then four when they're going into pre-K classrooms. And then from there, you're trying to help them get into normalized situation, wearing masks potentially in a kindergarten classroom and so forth, right? So that's what we're trying to do. And it's, it is with a developmental lens and not a you must do this or else lens. That is a superintendent in North Carolina explaining the child abuse that's going on in his district where they're trying to teach two-year-olds to wear masks because they'll eventually have to wear them as five-year-olds, so you've got to get them used to it. It's like breaking a horse, even though it does zero good. It's useless. It's idiotic. It impacts kids' health. It, it hurts their ability to, to learn and understand speech. God. You know, I appreciate him saying, look, we're not like forcing the kid. We're not yelling at the kids for wearing it wrong. We're just trying to get them used to it. But still, that's sickening. Boy, I thought Tucker Carlson's entire opening segment last night was one of the best things he's ever done on this stuff with the various schools around the country that are uh, threatening children and parents with all kinds of penalties if they don't show up with their masks on. 
Wow. Including you'll be charged. Did you hear the the, the uh, principal or whoever it was announcing you'll be charged with trespassing if you come on the grounds without the mask? Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought we had that clip. That's just crazy. And I, I mean, I haven't done this at my school. I drive straight from work to pick up my kid from school, and then I take him home. I haven't gotten into the political battle over this. But I would like to talk to somebody and say, look, um, maybe nine months ago you had a good point, two years ago you had a good point, whatever. But look look at look at the rest of the world. Look at what the Atlantic just put out, their, their big study about masks. What's your justification for making these kids wear masks? Yeah, just, tell me, a- just tell me what you're using. Maybe it's something I haven't seen, but. I think you're wrong on this one. Here's woke Loudoun County, Virginia, the uh, superintendent we were discussing. Um, Until you arrive, your children will be held in an in-school restriction situation here at school. Um, It is important that I point out to you, it's stated in the letter that you'll receive, but it's important that I point out to you that they are not allowed on campus or on Loudoun County public school property. Um, starting tomorrow, it will be considered trespassing. So it's important that I make that statement to you. Uh, but we'll look forward to hearing from you uh, via phone, so you can let us know when so you'll how, be able how to long pick them can, up. How long can they be suspended for? The guidelines that we're receiving from the county is student suspensions will end as soon as they are fully following mitigation policies. There you go. You will be put in a school jail for not having your mask on till your parents show up. And if you show up again without a mask, you'll be charged with trespassing indefinitely. Your kid not in a mask at school is of such little risk. So, like, if you want your kid to wear a mask at school as a parent, go ahead, have your kid wear a mask. But the um, but, So the argument always is from the mask crowd is, well, they're endangering me because they're, they could have it in their nose and they're breathing it out and they're spreading it or whatever. For kids... The spread of it, the the likelihood of a, of a kid without a mask spreading it to your kid in a mask is so infinitesimal. I mean, it's so tiny. Well, and let's not forget. So what if they do? And then, the, especially with the Omicron, everybody's going to get it. If you're at risk, get vaccinated. If you're not, don't worry about it. Well, see, you know, but it gets back to, and we've talked about this a lot. It depends on where you get your information from, um, on how much you think the threat is and see if somebody thinks the threat their information tells them the threat is much higher you can't blame them for the way they're reacting you can blame them maybe for where they get their info but you can't blame them for reacting if for instance msnbc put out this tweet with the omicron variant this is from dr emmanuel on msnbc and they tweeted this out with the omicron variant kids are either going to get the vaccine or they're likely to get a serious condition of omicron Get that, a serious condition of that's horrific. As uh, several people point out, isn't this the kind of misinformation you're supposed to keep off of Twitter? That is just not true. You cannot back that up at all. So that's a doctor on MSNBC saying your choices are get vaccinated, get your kid vaccinated, or they're going to get a serious case of Omicron. Okay, well, if I get my news from MSNBC, that's what I think is going on. They had a doctor tell me that. So you can't blame that audience for thinking, oh, my gosh. It's vaccination or a serious case, and, you know, explains the masks, too.
You know, if a garbage man told me, yeah, you get a serious case, I'd think he just means, you know, a, a case of significance. But if a doctor uses the term a serious case, as in you're in serious condition, which sure. is an actual term of art, well, yeah, that's incredibly irresponsible. If my doctor told me that, I would get my kids vaccinated. But right, that's well, not true. No, indeed. UK, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, taking the kids' uh, masks off completely. World Health Organization, <coughs> excuse me for what it's worth, uh, worth, recommended against masking children age five and younger. Understand, they didn't say, eh, it's not important, we're not going to tell you you should. No, they said, don't do it. Because this age group is at low risk of illness because masks are not in the overall interest of the child and because kids can't wear them properly anyway. Uh, even for children age 6 to 11, uh, they don't routinely recommend masks because of, quote, the potential impact for wearing a mask on learning and psychosocial development. You know, you know what? One of the problems this whole time is, and this has bothered me my whole life, the you better not something bad could happen is always a powerful argument. It, it just always sways so many people. Yeah, but still, you know, it's safer to do this, so... Always erring to the side of caution, whether for liability reasons, which right. is a significant aspect of this. Sure. Or just anti-Trump fervor and paranoia. Yeah, then you throw in a dose of Trump didn't want to wear masks, Biden did, so which team are you on? Right. The lefty Atlantic points out that the deeper blue the area is, the more the kids are masked. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, yeah. There's no science to support it. It depends on your politics. If I forget and leave my mask on, like when we're out of the store and we're walking to the car, my kids will say, hey, Joe Biden, take your mask off. <laughs> Those are good kids. <laughs> oh, boy, we got another wrinkle in the whole Olympics thing. It just keeps getting more exciting. If it's already this exciting, like a couple hours into the broadcast on NBC, this is going to be a heck of a couple of weeks. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was an especially rough day for Facebook CEO and robot failing to execute the smile protocol. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's stock freefall caused Zuckerberg's wealth to plunge by $31 billion. How was your day, honey? Well, a couple of hiccups. I lost my umbrella, my shoelace broke, and I personally lost the GDP of Latvia. More gold shavings in your Chablis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Well, first of all, you have to have that to begin with to lose that much, but ain't easy to lose that much personal wealth in a couple of days. One of the great stories, well, it's part of the whole everything is compressed, time is compressed thing in the modern world, but in just a few years, really, what, a decade? Didn't we hear just the other day that it was the anniversary of him starting Facebook or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a clip 10. Yeah, back, back in, in 2004. Yeah. 2004. Okay, so it's been around only since 2004 that it's been around at all. It went from never heard of it to everybody was using it. I remember in the newsroom, every single person was on Facebook all the time. And, and everything positive, every bit of anything about Facebook was positive and good. Right. To they are like the enemy of conservatives and liberals, and Zuckerberg is seen as the devil by almost everyone. <laughs> 17 years. Start <laughs> to finish. It's really quite amazing. 
Uh, so the opening ceremonies of the Olympics are going on as we speak. Nancy Pelosi warned our athletes about speaking out in China. Because the Chinese had said anybody who speaks out could be thrown in jail or whatever. So right Do not now, risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. That's true. They are ruthless. But your tone and do not risk and some of the other things she said. What? You're lecturing U.S. citizens about speaking out against an evil country. Tim Sandifer, uh, expressing better than I did my feelings, disgusting, cowardly, bootlicking appeaser. Yeah, that's what I hear when I hear the Speaker of the House saying that. Just awful. I have no problem with the message that, look, the Chinese are serious. They are cruel. They will hurt you. Be careful. But the way she put it was so awful, just so weak. Now, if you're going to make a public statement as the Speaker of the House, warn China, not our athletes. That's just crazy. Well, and again, I don't know why the Speaker's involved at all right now. It's just an odd thing to say. But so the opening ceremonies are going on. We've been pretty surprised so far by the coverage by NBC. They mentioned the one-child policy and 40 years of that and this and a variety of things as they're watching the little girls dance around with candles in their hand to swelling orchestral music. I want that kind of music playing in the background whenever I do anything. Oh, Just make your life better. That would help. You know, I was watching the, the Peaky Blinders with Judy the other day. We're binging on it. And I was, uh, they do a great job with some really cool music in that show. But I, I started fixating on the music and how it was used and everything. I need a score in my life. I need my life to be scored. When I'm striding into a store, man, I want, you know, then I, uh, you know, put my uh, my arm around my wife. I'd like some stirring strings. That would just it would help in every way. It really would. So I've been making some decisions around parenting last night. You know, and I walk into a room and I stare out the window, and you can just picture the kind of music you need in the background as you're. Oh doing. yeah, yeah, something maybe French hornish. So back to the <laughs> Olympics. So China made the interesting move of having someone from the Uyghur population lighting the torch. They're at the opening games, which is obviously a very, very big deal. This is what Savannah Guthrie on NBC had to say about that. No question about it, that choice by Xi Jinping to have one of the members of the Uyghur population, the subject of much scrutiny, uh, the population that the U.S. says has been a subject of genocide in northwestern China, to have a member of that community as one of the two that would light the Olympic flame does seem so striking and so provocative by Xi Jinping and a real message. What is the message? So here's one of the other commentators, and then we can discuss. Very much in line with recent Chinese diplomacy, Savannah, faced with Western criticism and opprobrium, double down. Never let an insult go unanswered. This was a repast to President Joe Biden for skipping these Olympics and a message to the West. China won't be lectured to on human rights or on any other issue. Those people are just way overthinking it. Like I said before, this is uh, propaganda 101. You know, the world's accusing you of beleaguering a certain population, abusing them, genocide, whatever. You drag one of them out. You tell them at gunpoint, you're going to say, oh, no, we're treated great. We love it here. That's exactly what happened. So I I like that NBC's bringing it up at all. I, sure. I, I like the fact that Savannah Guthrie just stated that it's a genocide. Not 
She didn't even go with the watered down that some people see as. She just stated as a genocide going on. Well, that's because that's what the U.N. has declared it. That's what the United States has declared it. So, yeah, you should just call it a genocide. Fair enough. That's a heck of a thing. But then just think about what has just happened. It's the Berlin Olympics, and everybody's aware, because we weren't aware of everything that was going on with the Nazis and the Jews. But in this case, everybody's aware, and Hitler has a Jewish athlete light the flame. Exactly. I mean, that is what just happened. Yep. Yep. Wow! You know, I was all excited that this could be a major moment and this could build, but then it occurred to me that this is the point in the Olympics where you talk about the country. And it's culture, maybe it's history, that sort of thing. Then once the games start, you're just talking about the games, mostly. Unless they do one of those following the skier back to her village where she learned to ski at her grandpappy's knee features. Um, so I wonder if this is going to be the uh, the sum total of the recognizing the horrors of the Chinese regime. I think it hinges on whether, and it's interesting that it hinges on this, since the Speaker of the House, the third most powerful person in America, just lectured our athletes to keep their mouths shut. Uh, I think if any athletes speak out, I think that's going to be a huge news story. Huge news story. And then China will have to respond with some sort of statement. That, that, those, those, it wouldn't take many of those to have a 24, 48 hour news cycle with each thing throughout the next couple of weeks. Add in a little COVID uh, insane overreaction as Xi Jinping tries to cover up the lab leak and the rest of it. I will be really surprised if Senator Tom Cotton or, uh, you know, uh, some of the more outwardly patriotic members of our government don't really criticize Nancy Pelosi today, and that will have its own news cycle. Um, and I agree with Timothy Sandifer. It was disgusting, cowardly, bootlicking appeaser, the talk. That's what that was. Nice. How about if I just, like, send your boots out to be polished? Would that be okay? I mean, I'll bring them back shiny. I gotta lick them? Okay. Licking a shoe is pretty gross. Well, it, it has nothing to do with the cleanliness of the shoe. As you know, it's a uh, forced submission. There you go. Well, so, Nancy so is the, taking, making zillions of dollars off uh, China, so I get it. Before we move away from this for now, do you, so you don't buy it was a message to Biden that we can't be told what to do or anything like that? No, I don't think so. I really don't. We're it's so just, we're so unconcerned about your thoughts about the Uyghurs and genocide. Look, here's one light in the flame. What are you going to do about it? No, it's a denial of the statements on genocide. Yeah, I Look, think you're right. We got Uyghurs on our team. They're happy. Yeah, I think again, you're right. that's straight out of the commie playbook. It's a hostage video. We shouldn't have sent our team over there. We shouldn't be participating in this. Oh, you're of two minds. You're flip flopping. Am I? I've always kind of. thought we shouldn't have participated in this. I don't know. You just make accusations these days. They don't have to be true. <laughs> Please, misinformation, disinformation. Cancel them. Cancel them. Hey, a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, then on with the uh, information. Got a lot of good stuff, too. I finally get, because I'm not very bright, Fauci, what Fauci is up to, and the whole, it wasn't gain of function. There's no truth to that, Rand Paul. Denial. Now I've got it. I've got him nailed. God, awesome. After a quick word from Simply Safe Home Security, the best around. And oh man, one of the coolest things they've got is the new wireless outdoor camera. Let's you see what's happening outside right from your phone, alerts you when anyone approaches your door, so you always know who's there. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you want to know when your kids get home. Or more, you're alerted when some rando is checking your doorknob. Randoms. You don't want randoms outside your door. 
Damn randoms. Simply Safe is monitored 24-7 by professionals ready to dispatch police, firefighters, or EMTs to your home. Less than a dollar a day. There's no long-term contract like pretty much every other security system in existence because they don't feel like they've got to do that to keep you around. You can set the thing up yourself in about 30 minutes. Yep, it's easy, and they are very, very helpful. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. If you go today, you'll claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off when you sign up for interactive monitoring. Go to SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. So I'm looking at the clock. We probably ought to take a break. Um, we can do the Fauci stuff. Oh, I'll tell you this very briefly. I mean, because what can be said? The mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, WAPO, are completely avoiding the story about the Johns Hopkins meta-study that looked at 24 serious studies around the world, compiled all the data, and determined that the lockdowns did very, very little good and enormous amounts of harm. Completely ignoring that. And I was thinking about it. Morally speaking, it's outrageous, it's indefensible, it's dishonest, and the rest of it. But it did click into my head. If they admitted to that, oh my God, they would they would just have burned down all of their credibility in the eyes of their viewers and listeners. So they're covering it up. They don't want it known that they were not only complicit, they were like wildly enthusiastic cultists in enforcing even the most draconian lockdown measures. Just because Trump said we ought to open stuff. I mean, they'd have no credibility if they admitted that. So I want to hear more about that. Also, uh, Amazon doubled their profits, and they've got a special gift for you, Prime customers, since they're doing so well. I think you're going to be really happy to hear this. Realistic delivery times? you like paying more. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have failed to mention the theme of the opening ceremonies of the Olympics. It's together, <laughs> a, together a shared future. <laughs> we'd, we'd forgot to mention the theme of all the little girls dancing around with candles on their heads. It was a serious oversight, and we apologize. Together, a shared future. How laughable is that? <laughs> well, yeah. Together, a collective future. Together, a communist future. Trust me, that's what they mean. Anyway, more on that later. Yeah. So uh, I finally got the whole Dr. Fauci thing nailed, I think combination of news stuff i came across reading a brilliant uh, listener email that sort of thing uh let's get a little bit of ben hall's report last night about the whole gain of function research the lab leak etc it's good stuff 60 gain of function research conducted at the wuhan lab has widely been suspected as a source of the pandemic but today it continues around the world with little oversight funded by u.s taxpayers NIH, who approves the funding, saying, while such research is inherently risky, the risk of not doing this type of research and not being prepared for the next pandemic is also high. I got a question. 
Jack in the third row. So that's like saying, um, uh, uh, I've got, I'm dying of cancer. And um, I'm trying to get over it or whatever. And they say, well, if you, you don't do this, though, because if you do this to try to help your cancer, it might give you cancer. No, no, I've already got cancer. Right. I've got, I'm dying of cancer right now. You're warning me to not take the treatment because it might give me cancer? Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, gain a reason. We need to do this to, to stop a horrifying pandemic. It caused the worst pandemic in world history. Well, second worst in world history. So I'm not, you can't make the argument that it's good. Well, if you want to argue in favor of gain-of-function research in general, that's a discussion worth having. But the problem is uh, Fauci and company don't accept no for an answer. But when he was getting into those arguments with Rand Paul, for instance, in the Senate, and denying up and down that they'd engaged in gain-of-function research, even though everybody knows the NIH and, and, and Francis Collins and Fauci and the Peter Daszak, that unholy pipeline of funding for the Bat Lady in China, everybody knows that's been going on. Uh, let's go back to the Ben Hall report. They tease it out what Fauci's dodge has been. There have been repeated allegations and denials that such research in Wuhan was U.S.-funded. You are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. But that debate is semantics. NIH watered down their definition of gain-of-function over the last decade. They now call it research involving enhanced potential pandemic pathogens. And they were able to avoid that classification in Wuhan after EcoHealth Alliance argued these particular bat viruses did not spread among humans, even though that's exactly what they were planning to do with them. So, what Fauci is saying... Number one, they weakened the definition and, and engaged in word salad tossing instead. Um, gain of function research has to do with human pathogens. And at the time, they enhanced the bat virus so it could more easily cleave to human cells. It wasn't known to be a human pathogen. Therefore, that work is not gain of function research. Yeah. They lethalized an innocent bat virus. I think Fauci's tossing my salad, I think, is what's happening there. Mm, um, that was unfortunate. I, I, I don't get the argument, though. It, haven't we learned? I know we have learned that uh, this giant pandemic almost certainly came out of this. And then several other smaller ones over the last 20 years were, were, came out of gain-of-function research. Until you can prove to the world that you can do it safely, you gotta stop. You can't make the argument, well, we need to study this to stop a bad pandemic. You caused a number of pandemics. Yeah, I'd say strike five, you're out. There's no example, there's no, there's not an example yet, unless you go back to 918, of a bad one happening without you doing gain of function research. It's a good point, and few, uh, few are reporting that, but it's true. Uh, so I love this note from Rob. Uh, y'all frequently play the clip of Fauci about, I represent science. You I represent it. science. Oh, wow, that's nice. And, and we scoff, but I'd like to propose a new way of listening to it. When a spokesman stands up and says, I represent Ford, a fair translation of that would be, I am a biased representative of Ford, and I am here to present facts and fictions that help Ford and omit anything that hurts Ford. Hmm. You see where this is going. Fauci blatantly admitted that he is a biased representative of science with a capital S, the scientific industrial complex that survives by siphoning billions of dollars of taxpayer money out of the federal budget. 
and that he is here only to promote the cause of science and omit anything that hurts his business. That's a great reading of it. It really is. He said he never he never said he represents truth or honesty or the mental health of children or the economy uh, economy or even America. His only loyalty is to getting more of your dollars to fund his project or to send to his friends so they owe him favors. I think that's a brilliant insight, Robin. Appreciate you sending it along. I wish we were a more honest, open society where we could have the conversation of you need to prove to me that you're stopping more pandemics than you're causing. Because so far, it really looks like you're causing pandemics rather than stopping them. Fair enough. But in the very limited time we have, I want to keep the focus on on Fauci and science and pressure on scientists and that sort of thing. Science with a capital S. Benjamin Hall's report went on to, quote, scientists from Israel, the U.S., Australia, Germany, the U.K., um, and others who said they received serious backlash and threats against their careers for even discussing the possibility of the lab leak theory, the gain-of-function research thing. They were told specifically, if you ever want to get another grant, if you want to keep working here, if you want to stay affiliated with this university, you're going to cut it out now. And that is so clearly explained by the idea of big science is behind gain-of-function research. This will tar our image as brainy, above-it-all arbiters of all that is true. This, is, this will be ruinous for our rep, so shut up. Uh, I get the logic of it. I think it's unconscionable, but I get the logic of it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's clearly unconscionable. These people are behind millions of deaths. Major statement out of Xi and Putin since they're hanging out together in a suite at the Olympics, among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty.